This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Voice of Land podcast. This is season three, episode 23. Last week, we had a best of. Episode 22 was some of our best of, and we will get to that and explain that here in just a second. But this is season three, episode 23. And how apropos is it to be episode 23 as we are going to talk, of course, our stories as we remember the four year anniversary of the Cavs ending the 52-year drought of Cleveland championship woes and the Cavs winning that championship back in 2016. So we're going to go through all that. We are going to get into some MLB, will they, won't they talk, what the other impact of the virus and other issues going on right now may have on some of these sports starting here in America, unlike across the pond where you see sports like some of the biggest world sports like soccer already getting going and the English Premier League just getting their season going yesterday. And we have a special guest on the podcast as well. We will get his thoughts on everything going on in the NFL, some of those news and storylines. We're going to start fun and we're going to end fun. We'll have a fun little topic at the end. Of course, we are partnered with Web Streaming Studio by LPV and NEO Sports Network. And, of course, you can always find the podcast on our YouTube channel at Voice of Land Podcast. Follow us at VTL underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Like our Facebook page at Voice of the Land on there. And, of course, any time during the week, you can always find the podcast uploaded on all the major podcast platforms like Google, Spotify, and Apple. And to all you Apple users out there, hit us with those five stars. Hit us with a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what do you want to hear more of, and you know, maybe some topics that you guys want to chime in on, always reach out to us on social media and give us your thoughts. And we'll share some of those throughout the different episodes that we record over time. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold. And alongside me, as always, our producer extraordinaire behind the proverbial glass, Peter Tellup. Peter, we were off last week. How was the week off? How are things going around uh, for, for work and around the household right now? Well, for uh, <clears throat> for work, it's not bad. I went back to the office a couple of days last week, but uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Um, there aren't many people in the office, and it really doesn't feel like I need to be there, so mm. I'm going to continue to work from home. Um, I think it's just less exposure right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, because there's other, other companies in the building. So, yeah. you, you know, there's no point really in in going in if I don't have to. So uh, the week off was kind of nice. I went down to my friend's ice cream store. He just opened up nice. down, the, down the street here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll like this. He has Dole Whip. He has pineapple and cherry Dole Whip. Oh, wow. Vegan, non-dairy. Ooh. So I may have to, to, you'll have to check that out. I'm going to have to check that he, out. He opens at 2, though. He's 2 to 10 right now okay. over a corner of Pearl and Snow. So it's the uh, Sugar Shack Creamery. So it's... Uh, my son Jacob and I came down here, uh, did a little work here in the studio, and then we ended up going there and helping him open. That was his first day opening. Okay. So uh, I put Jacob to work. He was, you know, putting out chairs and getting stuff ready, and you know, it was uh, it was a fun time. So that's that's what I did last week. So I was still in the studio, just doing you know, cleaning work and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, sure. not the uh, not producing. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to have to take some time, plan some time after one of these podcasts when I'm out here, just kind of spending some time out here. So then by 2 o'clock, finishing out, going to get some of that uh, non-dairy stuff. Because I keep looking for non-dairy ice cream or options mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, because last, basically last summer is where this all kind of started. So I've missed my mint chocolate chip ice cream. Ooh. I did find Ben & Jerry's has a mint chocolate cookie uh, non-dairy option they do have some other okay. non-dairy flavors so i have found that um at our local place uh jerry's dairy pride in wickliffe uh i found that they actually have some italian ice i should have known that they actually, did actually they have shave ice here do they it's he's okay. got the list of flavors is insane but it's, it's like a giant adult snow cone and it um I got one of the first ones. I got a orange creamsicle, Ooh. and it's like orange and vanilla. And it, honestly, it's it was insane how mm. like I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a snow cone. And it's like, mm. no, it was it, it was, was fantastic. Oh, so we we have this sour apple Italian ice. Like I didn't even realize like there's so much stuff at mm-hmm. this place. It's so small. It's one of like those local places that's so small. But has so much that yep. I didn't even realize, and the sour apple Italian ice is just get it in a cup, because when you get in a cone, the Italian ice and a, and a waffle yeah. cone don't really mix very well. Yeah, melts too. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it the flavor is just just I'm, tremendous. I'm pretty sure he's got sour apple. I don't know. I don't okay. Pull the menu. I was help. Like I said, I've been helping him get that going. Um, so, you know, he's been it's been going gangbusters for him. So mm-hmm. it's really good. So. Well, I'll have to I'll have to take a look at that. I know, like last week, I was off because I was down back in Piedmont, Ohio. Um, you know, we were we had done some swimming in the pool. We had helped helped uh, my girlfriend's mom open their little pool in their backyard, and uh, we went on the the Lake Piedmont uh, down there. Went kayaking again. I think this time Saturday last week, though, I was helping her kind of clean her her old room just to kind of help around the house a little bit too uh, anytime i go anywhere like i, I always want to make sure i help like I'm, i know i'm a guest but i always like to help and, and pitch in wherever i can and i know that usually i've already introduced my co-host my brother nick paulus um unfortunately right now paulus is in the hospital he is uh, was just diagnosed with diabetes so he is kind of working through that um so our thoughts our prayers are out to him i know he's he wanted to be here today he is still in the hospital but hoping and uh being told he's going to be getting out soon which is good to hear and he's very motivated to you know kind of be an example for that of how to uh, deal with diabetes and there's plenty of people that have diabetes that deal with it Um, but it is you know so scary when you get diagnosed with that but i know he's in very good spirits right now looking forward to having him back very very soon but course paulus take care of yourself and everybody out there listens to vto go ahead and give him a follow at cle underscore paulus on twitter and reach out to him give him uh, your well wishes as well of course you can follow uh, neo sports network and lpv productions on all social media as well and you can follow myself at kevin in seven on twitter reach out uh, have some conversations as well today though in place of paulus we have my other brother Mac Robinson, who you can follow at Mac Robinson 95 on Twitter, uh, host of the Hurry Up podcast, uh, does some board hopping at one of our local or Cleveland-based radio stations, 92.3 The Fan as well, and a a former member of Take 3 at the (laughs) Ohio Media School where Mac and I met. Mac, thank you for coming on. 
filling in for Paulus today. How's it going, man? Uh, I, I'm good. I'm good, Kevin. You know, I, I know that there's there's expectations when it comes to this seat. So, yes. you know, I'm just going to try to fill those expectations. I'm not going to quite get there. You know, I, I'm not expecting to, but, you know, I'm going to do my best here, Kevin. Oh, uh, we have no doubt that you will you will <laughs> fill you will fill that seat very well today. And of course, like I said, we are going to get into our Cavs memories because yesterday, June 19th, marked four years. Crazy to think it's already been four years since the Cavs ended that 52-year drought of championship woes here in the city of Cleveland. We all know of the before that point, it was the shot, the fumble, the the drive, the the whatever, the decision, all of the thes. That was the redemption, the reverse of the curse. As you have your GV artwork shirt on today, Mac. I do. I do. Re- repping the uh, repping the GV as we typically do. I was gonna wear one of my GV championship shirts, but I figured honoring the four-year anniversary, this is the shirt that I wore all day long going to Dick Sporting Goods that night, getting the official gear. You got to have the official gear, too, you, in which I'm sure the guys at GV have theirs as well. So it's uh, had to wear that shirt today. Would be remiss if I did not mention with all of our social injustice conversations that we've had over the last couple live recorded episodes that yesterday was Juneteenth. Of course, a uh, big moment in our country that people are becoming educated about when the slaves in Texas found out that they were free. It was like the last set of slaves that found out that they were free on June 19th, 1865, a big moment in our country. And unfortunately, there are still issues that all the way back then were in society, not anywhere to that level, but there are still issues like that still plaguing our society. But it is a moment that we've talked about so much that allows you, especially as a white person in America like myself, to educate ourselves on what really is going on, what our history shows us, what we haven't been taught in history books in school, to continue to educate ourselves because if we're going to stand with our fellow uh, the fellow black community in this country and saying and tweeting out that Black Lives Matter, if you're a white person saying Black Lives Matter and you're going to tweet that out or say that you stand with them, we have to make sure that we continue to educate ourselves on things like that. So, so all that celebrated yesterday, um, happy Juneteenth to all of you out there. And again, if you don't know what it is, go educate yourself on that. Go Google that research it, know why that's an important day. So throughout the country, that's going to become a more and more important day. I like seeing that companies were giving their employees off for that day as well. Um, I know a lot of the sports organizations in town as well. Browns closed their offices, Cavs, anybody that had to work in those offices, they did not have to work yesterday as well. And there was a lot of other companies doing the same thing. So good to see that that is being recognized in this country. Of course, June 19th is also going to be a big moment every single year especially here in Cleveland. Until that next team wins that championship, it's going to be a big moment. Mac, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Your memories, your story from that that day or even however that led up to it and your just your feelings after too because I know that that was that was a big big thing for you what you got to do after the they won that championship yeah so for me it, I, I'll even think of the night before even I'll kind of start it there so you know for me I had seen different hype videos everything like that kind of leading up to the uh, game seven there was all this anticipation everybody was really kind of feeling feeling good but hmm. cautiously optimistic I would say 
so, you know, for me, I, I remember listening the night before to one of the hype tapes. And at the end, somebody did a, a mock call of the Cavs winning the championship. And I got chills. <laughs> and, and that was where, like, some of the emotion. And mind you, it's 24 hours before the game even starts. Mm-hmm. And I'm already getting hyped up about this. And I remember the day of, I, I, I had worked earlier in the day. I would gotten done. I think, like, I, I think I had something happen at work, but... I ended up just saying, like, you know what? No, I, I don't care. I, I need to make sure that I am here for this game because, you know, for me, I'm a very superstitious guy. You know, I, I have my I have my moments, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes down to it. And so for me, I looked at it as, you know, I have a lucky spot that the Cavs have won when I'm there. The Cavs have won, so okay. I need to make sure that I'm at home as much as I want to be with my friends. I got to make sure I'm at home. I'm in my lucky spot, and early on in the game, the lucky spot just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I was moving to different seats in my living room trying to figure this out, and finally, I think it was at halftime. You know, I was laying down on the floor on the right side of my coffee table, and I was just you know sitting, scrolling through my phone, scrolling through Twitter. Everybody's going crazy, and so you know, I, I, I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, the game had just started. And JR starts nailing a three. JR nails another three. I'm like, okay, I'm not moving from the spot again. So all of a sudden, the Cavs go on this huge run, and obviously the second half keeps on progressing. I do not move from that spot. The only time I moved from that spot was when Kyrie went ahead and nailed that shot. I got up, cheered, I lost my mind, and then immediately just went down like it was a drill. Like it stopped, (laughs) drop, and roll. So for me, I, I, I get back down on the ground, and... All of a sudden, I just all I remember is when when Steph missed the shot, it all of a sudden kind of set in for me. I'm like, wait a minute, how, how is this? Mm-hmm. Is this happening? Right. And I just remember my body went numb when when the clock struck zero because I just kept on seeing the t- the seconds tick off, and I'm just thinking like, holy crap, they they can't get four points here. And then the second that Mo Spades picked up the ball, I'm like, they're not getting four points. The Cavs just won. And then all of a sudden, just like, I, I remember, I felt like Ricky Bobby, where I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I just started <laughs> shaking. And so for me, I just remember because back in the conference finals, I had messaged a buddy of mine, and um, and he was telling me, he was like, dude, if the Cavs win the title, we're going downtown, we're going to celebrate. And I just remember, like, losing my mind, losing my mind. And then I'm just like, I got to go downtown. And I remember seeing that Cleveland had shut down the entryway to get from 77 downtown. Mm. So I'm like, I got to take the back roads. So <laughs> I, I took, I went, so I, I live in Brexville. Mm-hmm. So I took all the back roads downtown. It took me like 40 minutes to get downtown. <laughs> but I will say this, that scene, driving through the, driving through Parma, driving through, you know, the west side of Cleveland, you know, getting a chance to see... I literally saw vans that were driving by where people are hanging out the side just waving Cavs flags. I saw people setting off fireworks. It was it was insane. And seeing like families running outside. It's 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. Families just running outside, just embracing and jumping up and down in the middle of the street. Like it, it was a crazy sight. And then 
I meet up with a couple of my friends downtown, and once again, the police had blocked off everywhere. So we literally were just running across the, the Lorraine Bridge. And so um, we just see all of these fans that are just high-fiving. You didn't know anybody, but all you knew was that all of these people were your friends that night. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's high-fiving with each other. And I'll never forget, East 4th that night. That is like the pinnacle of, you know, I almost I almost liken it to, do you remember the scene in Black Panther where you have him, you have uh, T'Challa walking in, and you see like all of the people that are up along the sides? Yes, yes. So basically that's kind of what it was walking into East 4th. Like the entire crowds were kind of funneling in, and there were like four or five police officers at each side, mm. and the cops were just high-fiving people. And like some people were giving hugs to the cops, everything like that, but you're walking in and all of a sudden, like the crowd as a whole is chanting, let's go Cavs. You look up and you see in the apartment buildings, you see people hanging out, screaming, mm-hmm. let's go Cavs. There were some Steph Curry chants that I can't say on this podcast, but, um, <laughs> yes, we went through those rules. Yeah, we went through, we, yeah, we, you gave me a talking to, uh, so, you know, there, there were those chants that were going on and I would say this. So, uh, on East 4th, there's the different um, fences mm-hmm. on the sides. And so, once again, you don't know anybody that's down there, but we walk up to the fences. Another guy, once again, never met him before. All of a sudden, a girl walks up next to us, and we're like, all right, hey, come on, man. And we would go ahead, both put our hands out to go ahead and lift her over the over the fences to make sure that she didn't have to worry about, like, falling over mm-hmm. or anything like that. So we're all just, you know, all right, you next. There you go. All right, you next. There you go. And so it was all just one big like family celebration. I want to. I want to say, like you couldn't see any of the streets. It, it was absolutely insane. And so you know, you saw people obviously taking pictures next to the LeBron mural. But you know, I, I'll say this: like that celebration that night is something I'm never gonna forget. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, and I think it. That kind of story, like the the detail in that is, it just says that no one's going to forget that moment where they were, what they were doing in that moment. For you, Peter, and having, you know, I know that you have your your son with you as normal today, but, you know, kind of the, the kids being younger at that time, and I saw the stuff on your story on Facebook yesterday. What do you, from your perspective, what do you remember about that day? And even being Father's Day, like, what do you remember about that, that day and that moment for our city? Well, it was kind of crazy. So my kids um, obviously were four years younger mm. at the time, and so they were asleep. And my wife and I were watching the games. And my wife, and I, even I'm not a huge basketball fan. I like watching the playoffs. I, lo- you know, I love the Cavs. But growing up, I I never really got basketball. So, you know, but it's exciting to watch, especially when they're winning. You know, um, but we watched, you know, the uh, the finals the year before. You know, and at that time of the year, we're normally like on a family vacation. So there was one year we were watching, we watched them lose. We were down in Naples, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sitting down there in the living room watching the game, and we're, uh, it just killed us, right? So my wife and I are watching the game, and, you know, we go up by three. And it's like, I, you know, I was like holding my breath because I'm like, I've been here before, right? Mm-hmm. The, the drive, the fumble, everything out, the shot, everything. I'm like holding my breath. And then uh, when LeBron gets fouled, you know, and he went down and I'm just like, man. And then he misses the first free throw Mm -hmm. and my heart just sank because I'm like, 
no, Cleveland, no. <laughs> like, mm. you know, you've got the reverse of Kerr shirt on. You know, I just, I just saw it like in my head. I'm like, they're gonna hit like a buzzer beater. It's gonna go to overtime, and the Cavs are. You know, I was just going mentally worst place, right? And he hits that second free throw. I'm like, all right. There's still, I think it was like 10 seconds left. I'm like, come on, they got to do this. And, and as you said, when Curry missed that three, and it was just kept going down. I'm like, all right, we, there's a, there's a shot here. And when they when the time ran out, my wife we jumped up. She's yelling. Woke up the kids. You know, Jacob <laughs> told me this one. He goes, yeah, I remember mom was like bawling. You know, because she was just she was so happy, so excited. Um, you know, and so then. The next morning, you know, my company I work for, they gave us off, I think, either, I think they gave us off, like, the morning. They gave us, like, half day because they're, like, <laughs> wow. people are celebrating, yeah. coming at, come after one, whatever. Um, we went down right when Dick's opened in, in Mentor, and we we were lucky. We got, we walked right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to find shirts. The line already, for the registers, already wrapped around the, the back of the store. Yeah. Uh, but we had the kids with us. We got them shirts. We got shirts. Um, by the time we left, the line wrapped around the building. So they weren't, I mean, they were, people had to wait to get in. So we lucked out. It was just such a great, um, just such a great feeling, you know. Um, and then, you know, for the parade, at the time, the company I worked for during the day, uh, our offices were right there on Sumner. Okay. Right, right by yeah. the um, cemetery. So mm-hmm. I went in early. Then again, we had a, like a half day off. Mm-hmm. Like take a half day off, you know, whatever. <laughs> Work from home. But I'm like, I'm gonna go down, and if I can get downtown, you know, if it's not crazy, I'm gonna. I'm going to go to work. I'll work out of the office and then I'll walk over to the parade. And that's what I did. I got there at seven. You know, I left at like 1030. There were only like four of us in the office. We walked right down the street mm-hmm. and we just stood at the end of Sumner and Ninth oh and watched gosh. the parade. And so there were like maybe two people between me and the parade. So like when they came through with the trophy and everything, it was, I mean, it took forever because, you know, everything was delayed because there were so many people downtown. Yeah. But I, I think I was lucky. I had a parking spot. You know, at my office, I was able to get out of there easily afterwards, but it was, it was a madhouse, but it was so exciting. And, you know, you think how many people were down there and there were no issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was like, there was like one issue, like later that night that was like unrelated, you know, it was further, but over a million people downtown and it was just, it was a huge party and everyone was just so elated that, you know, it didn't. It didn't matter. Everyone was just a one big family. It was great. No, I, I wish was, we could do that again. I was hoping the Indians would have done that yeah. at the end of the year. No, I would say this. Actually, I'm. I'm glad you brought up the parade. You know, for me, it was a situation where I had some friends that were already going down, but they were going to go down the next day. I had some family friends that had gotten a hotel room downtown the night before, so I went ahead. I stayed downtown mm. overnight. <laughs> nice. I left. I walked out at like I think 7 a.m. Mm. and I was just walking around because my one buddy had. Uh, he was closer to where the parade ended. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to see him at like 5.30 in the morning. And then I ended up walking all the way back around. But where I ended up actually watching the parade from was right across. It was corner of Carnegie, Ontario. <laughs> and I'm literally watching across the street. And 
seeing all of the confetti fly, mm-hmm. you know, seeing all the different, you know, you saw Stipe was in there. Yep. That was, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, let's be honest. Th- that parade was for the first champion of that year, and that is the Calder Cup champion, Lake Erie Monsters, mm-hmm. at that point. So. Well, then Stipe went first, though? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. All right. Because uh, I think taken. he won April, right? I think he won I April. I think so. That year. No, you know what? You're right with that. You're right with yeah. that. That was what started the year of yeah. 216 yes. at that point. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say this you know, seeing, seeing all of that kind of go on, seeing the confetti fly. The coolest part about that, and you know, in hindsight, it's a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, you know, everybody was so like happy and just full of joy when it came mm. to it. But at the end of it, everybody's like, "All right, that was good. That's good. All right, I'll see you guys in November." And it was literally just like everybody saying, "Yeah, you know what? We'll be back. We'll be back. Don't mm. worry about it." But at the same time, at that point, the Indians were just on like a ten-game winning streak, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's crazy to think about the fact that that team was one of those teams that kind of, you know, I mean, Paul Hoynes had written about it at the time where he didn't think that they were going to get into the postseason, mm. you know, let alone make it to the World Series and one game away from winning it. So, you know, to think about that, like that was just a it was such a matter of fact yeah. that, you know, going from all right, like like what you had said, how are they going to lose this game? You know, there's still a shot here to all right. The Indians aren't even in the World Series conversation. We're going to be back here in November. I don't know how we're going to be back in November. Like that was kind of the relief of that championship. I felt like. Yeah, it it definitely was, and yeah, a lot of people were saying back in November. <laughs> I mean, not to you know, don't want to bring anything down because yeah. we're, we're trying to have definitely have the fun conversation. We know what happened at the end of that year, and, yeah. and it was, you know, it was it was unfortunate, but we knew that we were we kind of. We were back on the map, and I guess my story even goes back all the way to 1997, if you speak about the Indians, because that's my first, and I know that I'm younger than a lot of the fans that dealt with more of the 52-year drought, even if they dealt with the the drive, the fumble, the shot, like those big things right there between 1986 and 1991, so those those moments there. 1997 was my first indoctrination into you know teams coming so close yet being so far away and and you talked about peter how your kids were asleep that night that world series that last game i did fall asleep because i was still only six years old and i woke up and i like the first question it wasn't good morning mom good morning dad it wasn't you know hey amy (laughs) to my sister it was did the indians win because like i needed to know (laughs) and them saying no they lost like the the sorrow the 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 pain like it just it just started right there and for me as a as a big basketball fan and I've talked about it here so many times and I've talked to you about this Mac like how big of a basketball fan I really am you know 07 was was great because you know and we I loved the winning the Eastern Conference Championship got all the gear got all the like the the banners and everything and I have that in one of my my totes downstairs in storage right now and I was all excited to to get that stuff when LeBron came back and we won that Eastern Conference Championship I wouldn't go out and get any gear I was and I'd seen what had happened in Cleveland sports history and I said I'm not getting that kind of conference or division championship type gear again 
until the team wins the title. I'm mm-hmm. not getting gear until the team wins the title. So 2015, didn't get any conference championship gear to celebrate LeBron being back and then losing in that finals. Didn't get anything then. So then we get to 2016, and I'm thinking, this this needs to be the year. This needs to be the year. And the Cavs start flying through flying through the playoffs. And I remember being downtown working at Cleveland State and working in their summer camp the day that LeBron came back. And it was the end of my shift because I was working like the 7.30 to 12.30 shift the morning. And once we had gotten the kids back and they were going, we were setting them up for lunch to transition uh, transition between the crews coming in. You know, I went back to the, the, the gym at the rec center there at Cleveland State and someone comes back and I'm getting, the, getting some of the snacks together for some of the kids that didn't bring a lunch. And someone comes in and tells me, LeBron's back. I'm like, what? And they said, LeBron's <laughs> back. And I went sprinting from one end of the rec center up to where the TV was, and yeah. that was the breaking news with uh, Jay Crawford, uh, Brian Windhorst. I think Chris Broussard was still on there at that yeah. time. And you know, after our shift was done, a few of us went walking downtown to Colossal Cupcakes and just the feeling then. And then to transition two years later, you know, I... I am superstitious like you, Mac, and I can remember the whole the whole series. And I loved the playoffs. The Cavs were flying through. They won the first ten. They're setting all these three point shooting records in in playoff games, and we're just having a great like a great time. Then you get to the finals, and the first two games are blowouts. Cavs come home, do what they're supposed to do, win game three, and for game four, like I'm thinking. Crap! I'm like I love that I'm a groomsman for my buddy Vic and, and uh, his wife Melissa, who I went to high school with, and it was like a great time and a great honor to be their groomsman. They brought us to an Indians game in a in a Lowe's for their joint bachelor bachelorette party, like to watch a game in uh, actually one of the uh, the lounges up there, and it was just tremendous. What a great night that was! So then a week later, we're at the wedding. And I'm thinking, crap, I'm in a different spot to watch this game than I was for game three. Like, my superstition just started rolling. And instead of being out there on the dance floor and enjoying the reception, I'm at the bar and I'm sitting by myself and I'm watching game four. And by the end of that game, we go down 3-1. Like, the amount of pain, like, that harkens back to the pain I felt in 1997 just thinking. And I know a Mm -hmm. lot of other people felt this way. We're loyal. We're going to watch every single game. We're going to watch every single minute until they tell us that our team is not playing that season anymore. So I'm going to watch to the end. But the pain, like, a lot of people felt like, here we go again. Like, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get to that precipice. We're not gonna get to the mountaintop. So something about game five and seeing LeBron respond to what Clay Thompson said. And I Clay Thompson telling him, I guess you got your feelings hurt. And him just going, <laughs> Well, he's and he, and I think it was I forget I forget who it was. I think it was Bill Livingston who asked him the question. And LeBron goes, What did Clay say? And he goes, uh, I'm trying to read this verbatim here. Clay said, I guess he just got his feelings hurt. And and I, LeBron with that Undertaker shirt on, just go, he's up at the podium before game five and just says, <laughs> and just that look that he gave said, something tonight could be special. So I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch. Now, I secluded myself 
I just tried to diff- find a different spot, and I secluded myself upstairs in the far, far TV room by myself. I think my mom was watching a little bit, but I didn't even realize she was in the room. I was just watching by myself, and Kyrie and LeBron, first teammates to score 40 points together in a finals game, 41 points apiece. And, of course, LeBron led in points, rebounds, assists, every single statistical category. And I'm thinking, okay, the Cavs are coming home. And Cleveland is going to be on fire because mm-hmm. they are going. we are going to give this team everything we have after losing on this floor last year in Game 6. This crowd and this city is not going to – they're going to give everything. So if they, we lose, we've given everything we can, and it's just the better team won. And the Cavs come out, and they just blow them out. And JR has that no-look behind-the-back alley-oop to LeBron. I just see that moment in my mind. And LeBron, after the game, saying, Game 7, greatest two words in in, in, in sports. Anything can happen. So we go to we go to Game 7. And Game 6, I'm watching the same spot, secluded by myself. Game 7, I'm thinking... Should I try to get watch party tickets? Should I try to go downtown to watching outside the queue? Because they got screens everywhere. Should I try to be a part of this downtown? I'm thinking, I can't. I just can't. I have to watch where I've watched (laughs) all these games. And even I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods and Mentor. And they had offered us to come watch the game because they were going to open up after if they won. And they get, we get paid to come watch the game, eat pizza, do all this stuff. And, like, these offers sound great. Like, you can go downtown. You can go get paid to watch this game with, with your buddies at work. I, no. I told them, no, I can't. I have to watch <laughs> in my spot. And I'm just sitting there watching the game, uh, the, the moments with JR scoring those threes. And then as we're getting down and, and – the the Warriors don't score for like the last five minutes of the game. And the, like those that four-minute stretch there where no one was scoring was just like agonizing. It's 89-89, and it's just agonizing, agonizing. What What's going to happen? Are we going to see this again? Are we going to have another the something? The something is going to happen here. Then it's the block. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The goosebumps on my arms just raise up. Then it's the shot. And I'm thinking... Oh my goodness. I did the same thing as you. I jumped up. I'm like screaming and I like ran right back to my spot. Like I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's still game left. Like there's still still something can happen. Then you have the stop. Kevin Love on a two-time MVP as LeBron said at the parade. Two-time MVP by the way. I'm gonna leave that to the side. Like just <laughs> that kind of look. Um and it, so Kevin Love get, gets that stop and Kyrie comes down and he's like a bat out of hell coming coming down the court and just tries to throw one up. Luckily gets this offensive rebound. And Le- I thought I wanted LeBron to dunk that on Draymond Green so bad. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my gosh. What an iconic moment that would have been if he did that. And then he's writhing in pain. Misses that first free throw. Gets the second one. I'm thinking, okay, we're up four. Don't foul. Don't foul. We have a foul to give. Try to get as much time off that clock as possible. There's like 6.7 seconds left. They take their foul. And then as soon as that buzzer goes off, I didn't know what to do either. I was Ricky Bobby too. I, we, my mom and I don't ever hug our family. Like, and it's not that we don't love each other. We just, we just don't do that. Like it's, I've gotten used to that. I'm hugging my mom. I'm hugging my aunt at the house. I'm like kissing the TV. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit any of this. Like this is, this is what is going on. And I call up my sister because I knew Dix was opening that night to give the gear. And I wanted to get it that night. I wanted to be a part of that. I'm thinking, 
should I go downtown or should I go get the gear? And I'm like, I got to get the gear. I got to get the gear. My only regret is not going downtown to be a part of all that. That's my only regret. But my superstitions kept me at home. And I call up my sister. I'm like, I know you don't care about watching all the post-game stuff. Get to Dixon Mentor right now. Get a spot in that line because I know it's going to be crazy because there's other people that are going to be lined up. And I'm like, I have to watch them hold the trophy. I have to see the Larry O'Brien trophy go into LeBron's hands and get that MVP award before I can leave this house. I have to see all this. And then I hit record as I'm leaving for all the other postgame stuff on Fox Sports Ohio. And I go and... I'm like so far back in this line and it was crazy that night. I know you went the next morning. Mm-hmm. It was crazy that night. And everybody's just uh you know hugging and high fiving so it felt like that downtown scene though cuz everybody's partying in the parking lot. Um it's just it's wild. And like I find my sister and I actually go like about 20 people up meet her. And my dad then you know my sister and I hug and we embrace because we've been big Cleveland fans for so long. And what a moment that was. And I'm trying not to get emotional right now. No, I hear you. I but hear you. my dad, who doesn't end up staying, we ended up buying a shirt for him because he didn't want to wait in the line. He comes. And, of course, he is the influence on my basketball knowledge, my basketball, <laughs> like my love of basketball history and what has gone on. And it was Father's Day. And my dad and I had this embrace that lasted what maybe only five seconds felt like minutes, hours. Mm-hmm. And we just shared this moment where we didn't say anything to each other, but it was like, this is what all those times when I was a little kid and I had those bad dreams and you'd bring me out to watch the Western Conference games. I'd be able to watch basketball, relax, get a good night's sleep as a little kid and teaching me what it meant to be a Cavs fan in this town and to be a Cleveland fan in this town. This is what it was all leading to. And to see the emotion of LeBron and, you know, with his kids being a father and um, just all the the dads and and the sons and the kids out there that got to share that moment on Father's Day. What a moment that was. So get all the gear. And I mean, the line was like wrapped all the way around the store because they only opened up so many registers. And the next day I'd actually gone back after a year off, I'd gone back to work at the Cleveland State summer camp for at the rec, rec center. And I'm wearing my gear. I'm taking pictures like and I'm sitting there checking the kids in around 730 and I'm seeing all the people start to like, you know, you know, like just filter downtown already. And even on a parade day. Wearing my parade shirt at camp all day, and people are filtering downtown at 7.30 to get their spot. And just walking downtown after my shift was done. That day, after the championship, that Monday, and then going downtown and watching the parade, like the feeling in the city is something I will never forget and is a moment that will impact me for the rest of my life. And every time I watch the YouTube videos at the end of the game and what that moment means until the Cavs win it again or the Browns win their first Super Bowl or the Indians especially win World Series for the first time with my influence from my mom's side and her dad, until those moments, like that is going to impact me the way it has. And I know it's a long story, but that championship we're a Brownstown, we're a football town. This one is going to mean the most to me, and maybe the Indians may be tied with that. I may be I may be weird where the Browns may be like one one B, like right underneath Indians and Cavs right next to each other. But that one just meant more to me than I think most people uh, you know, if they say that the Browns would be number one for them if they win a Super Bowl. 
I will say this when it comes when it comes to that. If I, I don't know if I if I'm gonna say ranking championships, I guess yeah. in my mind, but that one's always gonna mean a lot to me, especially because of the fact that you know, for me, I didn't necessarily get into sports as as quickly as a lot of other kids because you know mm. my parents. It, it really wasn't one of those ones where you're gonna be a Cleveland fan. You know, my my parents are both from Michigan. My entire family lives in Michigan. I was the only Cleveland fan in my family, mm-hmm. and growing up, you know, especially. You know, for me, it was LeBron's start really is what got me into sports. And so, you know, for me, it was an aspect of, you know, you talk about 2007, you know, especially too, when it came to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, when it came to Detroit, it was a whole entire rivalry between Mm. my family and I, where if Detroit won or if the Cavs beat Detroit, I would be trying to call all of my family members to rub it in their face. And I would end up, uh, you know, they would end up sending me straight to voicemail. You know, they would, none of them would pick up. None of them would. <laughs> and if Detroit beat Cleveland, my phone would be ringing off the hook. I would, I, I would hear it. I would leave it in the other room. I didn't care. So, like, I, I, it would be that kind of friendly rivalry back and forth. And especially, too, you know, for me, it was a situation where back, in that, back at that point, you know, it's funny we're talking about this on a podcast, but the Cavaliers had a podcast on uh, iTunes. And at the time, oh. I had an iPod Nano. And so, for me, it was a situation where they would put the radio calls up on that podcast, but they would shorten it and condense it for uh, the different games. So at that point, I had the Joe Tate calls from that 2007 run. Yeah. And getting a chance to, you know, the LeBron James, 45 points, 25, the last 25 points scored. Yeah. I had all of that. And I was just shooting that in my, in the basketball, the tiny little basketball hoop that I had in my room. And I knew it down to a T to the point where <laughs> I was like, acting out like I'm LeBron James shooting over Tayshaun Prince in the corner like and then him driving up against Chauncey Billups like those kinds of memories you talk about that with the Indians for you that was kind of my initiation into it Mm. and then you know, obviously, them going against the Spurs. Me as a kid, I thought, oh, Cavs got this in a Cavs got right. this easily. Yeah, yeah, no, you got no. Sasha Pavlovich. You you do not have anything. Nope. Um. So, but the thing was for me, my moment was the Indians when they were playing against Boston. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the one for me where I was like, and CC Sabathia actually talked about this on the Bill Simmons podcast, but he talked about the fact that you know they were the best team in the league, but they were just young and they didn't know how to finish. And seeing how that team was and just, you know, all of these moments kind of leading up to everything. And you talked about LeBron James coming back. And, you know, like I said, my whole family's from Detroit. So I actually was going to be in a wedding that weekend. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my mom, it was my mom and I, we drove up to Michigan because I had to go and get fitted for my suit. I was going to be in the wedding. And so, you know, I I was going, we were driving up. And I had a feeling that, you know, the day, the couple days prior, I'm like, okay, I, like I, I was convinced so much so that I had a, Le- I kept a LeBron James jersey in my car at all times in case he announced it. And so I had that at the ready because I had bought it two years prior when somebody donated a LeBron James <laughs> Navy jersey to a Goodwill. Yeah. And, I, and it was like for that day, like any blue shirt was like half off. So I, I was <laughs> like, I got a LeBron James jersey for two dollars. So, wow. so I'm like, all right. I, I I was convinced at that point. I'm like, okay, he's coming back, and I'm wearing that jersey. And so, 
I I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, and it ended up happening. I had I oddly enough that now that I work there, but I had 92.3 the fan playing the entire car ride up through like through a streaming app mm-hmm. the entire way the entire three hours. And I remember like people going like, ah, he's not coming back, he's not coming back. I'm just like, I got a feeling about this. And we get up to Detroit and we get into, you know, I, I, I'm getting, I'm, you know, making sure that the suit fits, everything like that. So I'm wearing the suit. All of a sudden I get a notification sent to my phone of the story. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. And I immediately open it up. I'm like, I got to make sure this is legit. I know it's a verified account that's tweeting it out, but I got to make sure it's legit. I click on it. I read it. And all, all of a sudden I just go, mom, and I slide my phone underneath. She goes, is this real? I'm like, yeah. And all of a sudden I just started losing it the entire weekend. I'm sure my family hates me for it <laughs> because I was like, hey, congratulations on your wedding. But LeBron came back. Yeah. Like that was my biggest. Did you hear? Yeah. Did you, did, <laughs> Sorry did, to break it to you guys, but uh, LeBron came back. The, the I can just see you in that moment, like the, the minister or whatever, like about to say, you know, does anyone uh, before uh, does anyone uh, I if anyone out. objects forever hold their peace or whatever they whatever they say in those those things or before they're about to say I do hold on wait a second before you say I do I just want you to remember if you want to say I do just remember LeBron came back to Cleveland thank you uh you get, continue with your wedding out of anything I pull a Kanye West just step right in front I'm gonna let you finish but uh <laughs> but LeBron came back to Cleveland just so you know in case you missed it uh but yeah no like that that was my whole thing and just all of that kind of leading up to leading up to all of that and leading up to that championship, I mean, that's going to be up there for me because basketball mm-hmm. was my first love. But I'll say this. I chose to be a Browns fan. Yes. And so for me, I'm a first generation Browns fan. I'm not going to be that guy who tells you what game I went to and how mm-hmm. many. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm a Browns fan. I'm a first generation Browns fan. The first time that I see them win a title, I, I'm get, like, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Like, I still and I, I know I've told you this before, too. But I was doing some clean, some you know. Once once all this said, I started doing some spring cleaning because what else am I going to do in my house? So at that point, I was going through and I found some of my old high school notebooks, and I remember I would be sitting in my chemistry class and shocker, I wouldn't pay attention. And so <laughs> for me, all I did in my notebook was I had depth charts that I would write up in my notebook mm-hmm. about like you know Chris Obanaya. As you're starting <laughs> running back. And then I was like looking through, I'm like, okay, you got Josh Cribbs as your slot receiver and going through all these guys and constantly thinking about, okay, how do you improve the team? How do you improve the team? And, you know, looking back at it now, I'm just like, that's going to be one where, you know, I, I fell in love with the Cavs and I was deeply attached to that team. But I'm not going to lie, once LeBron left, that kind of attachment kind of faded a little bit. Yeah. But that Browns attachment has always been there for me. So I feel like that. Super Bowl, just going there alone is going to be nuts. If they win, I I I thought the cre- I thought the championship celebration downtown was nuts for the Cavs. I know, yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be mm. more nuts if if the Browns were to win. And and there's a reason why. I mean, I know you, you said like you kind of faded away with your love of the Cavs when LeBron left the first time, and maybe even now that he's left a, a second time. But like, there's a reason why I say at the end of the podcast, don't ever. Don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game because my family tells me that all the time when I get upset when my team, my Cleveland team, loses anything. Like, and it's I need a, a few hours to calm down <laughs> before you can really talk to me. If you start to antagonize me, it's gonna come out in the wrong way because 
I have that attachment to every single team in the city, no matter if they are projected to be good, bad, indifferent. I don't care. I'm going to be there like every single game matters with every single team. And that's that's something that I'm missing right now. And I know we had like a plan to kind of talk all the, what's going <laughs> yeah. on with MLB. Like, w- yeah. will they, won't they? I mean, that's just a saga that's just going to continue. I do want to, because you do mention the Browns and you do have the Hurry Up podcast and you've done a lot of stuff with the Browns. You've gone out to training camp. I do have a few questions. And I think the first okay. question that I have for you is is – NFL based, but it's also kind of sports wide because we've, you know, kind of indicated all the sports and, and the virus is still a problem. Yeah. My first question to you, and um, this may be a tough question, this may be an easy question for you. Will the NFL season happen on time? Will we have, and in addition to that, if the NFL season starts on time, will we have any of the other sports happen with all of the new cases with? Uh, Major League Baseball camps shutting down in Florida and uh, some NBA players, MLB players, even Clemson college football players, like 23 or 28 members of their program having the being tested and being positive for the virus. Will the NFL season start on time or happen this this year? Man, it, it, it is so fluid when it comes to that situation. And I wish I could tell you, yes, you know, I mean, you know, for you know me. You know, I'm a big fantasy football guy too, so I, I would love to I would love to have all 16 weeks. I, I hope that they do. I don't know if they're going to be able to. I think that they I think that they're gonna try their damnedest. I mean, you know, when it comes to the NFL, I think they're gonna try to get all of that in, but I also think too, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, try to move back the season a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they've kind of gone through all of these different scenarios because, you know, one thing that, you know, I've talked about with some friends about this is the fact that, you know, when it comes to the NFL and especially, like I said, fantasy football, you know, there's a possibility where, hey, you know, midseason you might have. I mean, you just had Zeke test positive, but, you know, fantasy football wise, if you're going into week 15 and all of a sudden DeAndre Hopkins test positive and the season tries to continue at that point, okay, he's going to be quarantined for the next two weeks. I don't have him for the championship weeks. Right. So, you know, that's that's the one thing. But I, I think that when we're talking about, you know, the player safety and everything like that, man, it, it, I will say this. I think it's it, it changes day by day. And, I mean, we've seen that with baseball now. I mean, hell, like you said, last 24 hours, you know, I mean, we've yeah. seen Clemson pop up. We've seen baseball have their spring training shut down. You know, I think that there's so much time and that's a good thing. And I also think that might be a bad thing as well. You know, I, I think that, you know, we talk about the whole s- second wave. Um, but, you know, the second wave possibly coming and, you know, when it came to Dr. Fauci talking about, you know, October, mm-hmm. I, I think that it, it really all depends. I think that you could see, you know, part of the season, you know, stop and maybe they push back maybe some games. I think that's a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they would want to try to keep things in a rhythm. But, man, it, it's so fluid. I wish I could give you a definitive I answer know. now. But, I mean, one, I'm not a doctor. And two... I, I, I don't have ESP. I, I can't tell you the future, man. Right. <laughs> and, and just, you know, to ask that question just from things you're hearing, I mean, we know how fluid this is. And we mentioned how I, I said at the beginning of the podcast how overseas soccer has gotten back going again. The German League has kind of already finished up. And uh, English Premier League, the number one league in all the world, has gotten going. I know, I know there's no fans 
but they're still able to they feel like they can keep going and there hasn't been that that moment that seems like it could inhibit them from continuing so it's like what have you think what have we done wrong and the MLB going back and forth they could have with all of this millionaire versus billionaire conversation and talking about money and yeah i mean i blame the owners and and the commissioner a lot more nowadays than i did before but there's it's still like players and and owners and commissioner talking about this money when so many people still aren't aren't at work they probably could have been back like the korean baseball league was able to come back they could have followed that model had a few weeks to figure out how to transition in case of a second wave and how to ha- like work out all the kinks. Now the second wave looks like it could be starting, and you haven't even started your season yet. The NBA hasn't started their season yet. I know some guys don't, maybe don't want to play because they want to be out in the community and with what's going on in society. Others think that playing will help. That's that's a conversation that they can have. It seems like the NBA, it's most of the players want to play and have that platform for their for their voice of the societal issues going on. But it's more so, especially if they're going to be in Orlando and Florida is having that big spike. Yeah. And uh, trying to play in that bubble. You know the NFL can't be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. MLB has more people that would be involved. It's very difficult to be in a bubble there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not fans in the stands, but no one knows right now. And now the virus is starting to spike again. What have we done wrong? Like, how far... The, the question for a lot of these officials, I, we don't have the answers. We're not in charge of doing that. We're, we don't get paid or get put in leadership positions to figure out what do we do in this regard. But when will sports come back? That's the big question right now, and that's the toughest thing for us, us sports fans right now. However, the NFL is still trying to go as planned they you know they haven't backed off at any anything like that so my other couple of questions for you and i'll start browns related okay a couple quick ones for you one browns one kind of nfl storyline for you okay anything that you're hearing or just kind of your thoughts on this does jadavion Clowney ever become a brown or where do you see him signing and is it in, in addition to that, is it crazy to you that he hasn't found a team to sign with yet? I think it is crazy that he hasn't signed yet because I, I would say this. It's not like it's benefiting him at all. Mm-hmm. You know, staying out on the market, everything like that. You know, he has that injury history. You know, people talk about, you know, the fact that, look, he's a great run stopper. He's great at creating pressure. But at the same time, too, you know, it, it's not just me when I'm saying this, too. But at the same time, you know, the sack numbers aren't there. You know, when it comes down to it and his best sack season and his best, you know, year when it came to sack production came on the other side of J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. So, you know, when offensive linemen had to worry about that side of the line all of a sudden and he was going one on one. Okay, yeah, no. Now you're getting some good production. I would think that Cleveland would be a great spot for him for a year, maybe two, um, and really boost up that value while you're still young and you can still go ahead and springboard that into another contract. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do I think that he's going to sign with Cleveland? It's up to Jadavian Clowney. I mean, look, the Browns have been open to it, you know, from what I've heard. You know, they've... I've heard for months Mm -hmm. now that that they've had offers out there to him that they've let it be known. They are interested. They want to have him come to Cleveland. But once again, the ball is in his court. And with every passing day, I almost feel like for Jadevian, 
you're you're losing leverage. Yeah. You know, does the value decrease each day that that goes on that he thinks he has out there or leverage he has out there? I mean, I won't say it's going to completely decrease to Mm. where it's around like 10 million a year. Right. But where he started at at 20, like that's not going to happen. When when your highest sack production season, I want to say is eight and a half sacks. You know, you're you're not getting 20 million. Right. You know, so I, I feel like for him, you know, I think that he belongs in not necessarily belongs, but I think he's going to be in that 13 to 15 million dollar range, I think, is where he he's his market's kind of at maybe a little bit below that. But, you know, I, I just don't think that he's ready to take that money right now or necessarily, you know, take the loss at that point. So I, I think that he's kind of waiting to see if somebody's going to pony up. You know, you've seen the reports of the Browns being at 15 million for one season. I mean, I've heard that they've offered a multi-year deal to him as well. Um, but, you you know, I, I think that they've had multiple offers out there to him, but it's just, hey, you know what? If you want to come here, come here. If you don't, don't. Yeah. I, I mean, the Browns are really the only team I hear continuously linked to him, and yet he won't take a contract. And maybe he's waiting to see if there will actually be anything more than just virtual meetings and virtual team organized activities for for these teams before he really you know tries to see what his value is. Like if he has a hard line, let's say – the crazy amount of 20 million or even would take 18 million and hasn't come down yet to what the market really is for him that may go on for a long time especially with the, this virus may have an impact there too like in terms of player decisions that are out there especially for Jadavian to figure out where he wants to go i it you you said it best it is up to him where he wants to go someone that doesn't like where they are right now <laughs> Jamal Adams mm-hmm. of the New York Jets has already requested a trade, which I feel like doing that already with two years left in your contract is taking some leverage away. What is Jamal Adams' value right now in a trade? You know, for me, I look at I I know the report was the Jets are looking for a first and a third. Look, you're just not going to get that level of value when you're talking about trading for a guy and not only having to do that, but also signing an extension. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Adams talked about the fact that, or the reports that are out there, he didn't say it, Um, the reports that are out there right now are basically saying that, you know, he would go to, uh, I think, Baltimore or Kansas City or San Francisco, I want to say. There's like eight teams on his, what is being reported as as his desired team. I think he just added Tampa Bay recently. It was originally seven. Now it's eight with Tampa Bay. Well, the three that I mentioned, he would go into without an extension. Okay. The other ones, he would have to have an extension in order to play. And so for me, I look at it with him and I'm just like, you're not going to get as much value if you're the Jets. One, you know, the other team knows that he wants out. Mm -hmm. And two, you know, you're going to have to give an extension. So I'm not going to give up a first and a third round pick to negotiate an extension. Now, Minka Fitzpatrick last year was traded after he wanted out after a year mm-hmm. uh, being in Miami. And so for him, I almost kind of look at him in a similar light. Uh, you know, Adams is more of a traditional safety compared to Minka. I think of Minka more as a slot corner more more than anything, but yeah. is more versatile. But when it comes to Adams, you know, I, I look at him, I think, one, he's worth it. I mean, he's an all-pro. And I, I would say this, I would give up like a second-round pick, you know, in order to get him. But then I also have to negotiate that extension. And I, I would say this, I know that the um, – now, the safety market recently got a bump when it came to a couple years ago. Eddie Jackson, I think, is now the the highest paid annual 
uh, highest paid safety annually uh, when it comes to the position. And that was only recently that he got $14.6 million per year. Yeah. So I think that Adams, you know, deserves it for sure. But I'm just wondering if there, what team of the ones that he mentioned, you know, most of them are, you know, in cap hell. So out of anything, you know, it, it's going to be tough for him to kind of have that negotiated out. But with the cap rising in the next couple of years, I, I think that, you know, some team could get away with going ahead and trading for him. That makes, I mean, that makes a lot more sense. And I mean, it's that breakdown that comes from you in high school writing <laughs> out those those depth charts. So, I mean, oh, yeah. honestly, if you guys want to hear more of, of Mac and especially with the NFL storylines and Brown storylines going on, tune in to the Hurry Up podcast. I know you can find it on all the major podcast platforms as well. Spotify, Apple. I know Mac's always looking for those five stars, those reviews on the Apple podcast users as well. He's always got great guests on there. He's had the, the draft analyst like uh, Dane Brugler on there and uh charles robinson i know that you've had on there as well i believe correct i don't, I don't think i had charles okay. i tried i tried to get charles i have not yet to get i have yet to get okay. charles i, I haven't got the other robinson yet okay all right <laughs> trying to get trying to get the other robinson but uh you know guys like that that know what they're talking about mac is talking to them and mac also knows what he's talking about when it comes to the nfl and other sports as you've already heard today so give him a follow at Mac Robinson 95, correct on Twitter? Yes, sir. Give him the, that follow at Mac Robinson 95 on Twitter. And of course, look for the Hurry Up podcast. Tune into that one as well. We go a little bit longer than most podcasts here. You get your quick NFL takes. If you're looking for NFL directly, football directly, go find the Hurry Up podcast and listen to that. So uh, now, we are gonna. We are kind of winding down here. Maybe a little bit more of a jam-packed show and <laughs> more of a Cavs anniversary type show to get things back going. And I said, I said at the beginning, it is episode twenty-three. So LeBron being twenty-three and being that iconic number here in Cleveland, I know everybody says Jordan, Jordan and LeBron, the two iconic twenty-threes. How, you know, apropos. I love that word, apropos. It, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that earlier too. You know, bringing out the vocabulary. You know, well, we always Busting said. We, remember, we always said words are hard, but oh, so fun. They hashtag, are. That hashtag is true. words are hard, but oh, that so is fun. That's true. That's so true. We, I keep that going on this podcast. I've, I've gotten <laughs> Paulus indoctrinated into that too. So, um, but just to kind of close out, because you had mentioned off air and something that we're kind of looking at. Can we find a way to give people more of these conversations we have before we start podcasts, after we start podcasts? <laughs> we're kind of looking into that. We were talking about how you had just had Popeyes for the first time yes. yesterday. Yes. Now, not the sandwich, but the shrimp. Yeah, I had the shrimp. Is there is there any other place that you have that you everybody talks about, but you have not been able to have their food? Or recently, is Popeyes that place for you that you just gotten to have that and know what people are talking about now now i i will say this during quarantine i finally had chick-fil-a for the first time i had popeyes for yeah i know uh (laughs) popeyes for the first time you know it was just never near me like that's the thing like you know growing up i had like in like one or two miles away from my house Mm -hmm. i mean you had pretty much everything that you could want from a kfc little caesars chipotle uh mcdonald's burger king um swenson's even was right by my house so i i had all these different spots i could go to i didn't really you know need to go much further past that so for me i was trying to expand that a little bit more but a couple that I haven't been to yet. One is close. The other one isn't. Okay. Um, the one that's close, I have never been to Shake Shack. I, I've heard a mm. lot about it, but I, I've I've never had Shake Shack. Um, and the other one that 
I've heard is somewhat overrated, but you know, I, I just don't know. Is In and Out? You know, mm-hmm. I, I've never had In and Out before. I've I've never I, I went out to the West Coast when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I haven't been out there since I was probably eight. Yeah. So for me, it, it's been a fat minute. So yeah. <laughs> so for me, I, uh, I I've always wanted to try In and Out because I feel like that's kind of right up my alley for the most part. Yeah. I- and it's in and out and Jack in the Box out there on the West Coast that are like kind of like the the rivals there, right? Is that? Yeah, but yeah, the problem with Jack in the Box, like years ago, had some problem where people were getting food poisoning. Okay. So every unfortunately for them, you know, every time I hear Jack in the Box, I think of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, In and Out Burger, I've heard I've heard that it's pretty amazing, but then mm-hmm. I've also heard people say it's overrated. So yeah, if I find myself out there, I'll definitely. Try it. Yeah. Now I will say you want to talk about overrated, and, and I've I've <laughs> I've been I've been firm on this because I've seen people talk about it. I've seen people love this. I'm sorry. I had Whataburger last year mm-hmm. for the first time, and I had that when I was down in Mobile. But you know, I tr- I don't know if it's just a Texas thing where like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be only good in Texas. But I had it down in Alabama, and I'm sorry. I don't know what the hype was about. I, I literally was because it was my last night there, and I'm just like, all right, you know what? It's here. I'm not gonna get this in Cleveland, so I'm like, all right, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta order this. So I got, I got, a, I got DoorDash. I had that delivered yeah. to to my hotel room, and so I, I'm, I'm eating this as I'm, you know, packing up and everything, and I'm just like, I, I expected so much more. Like their big thing is a spicy ketchup too, mm. and I'm like, this is just cocktail sauce. Oh wow! Like it, I, I'm like, I, I, what is? What is the hype about with this? I, I just I just don't I just didn't get Whataburger. You know, I'm not sure how much you how much you listen to the podcast, Mac. You know, Paulus and I are like big on trying to promote to try to get some sponsorship. I apologize. Some you know, I apologize. So we just, we Whataburger, just, these are great well, people. You know, if you want to sponsor well, them I'm by just all means. Kidding. There aren't any around here, so I don't <laughs> yeah, think they're yeah, gonna Yeah, I don't think yeah. <laughs> no, I I'm, hear that. We're, we're always trying to get the the, the bang uh, energy drink sponsorship, the G V artwork sponsorship. We're you know Oh yeah. But uh, you know, if I haven't really heard I haven't heard that about Whataburger but I would think it doesn't surprise me that you have that kind of opinion about them so um, yeah I mean they're nowhere around here so we don't have to, don't have to okay. worry about don't have to losing that sponsorship right, right. Okay. Peter do you have a place that you've always wanted to try and you just haven't gotten a chance and everybody talks about it but you haven't been able to see if it's the hype is real I you know I really couldn't think of one I, I tried Whataburger you know, downtown. And, I haven't and had that yet. I, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, it was, was it the best burger I ever had? No. Um, honestly, I think one of the best burgers I've ever had was probably like B-Spot. Okay. And, okay. And, I've, and I've heard people say that, oh, that the, you know, maybe the quality has gone down over time. But uh, when they first opened, they were, I thought mm. they were phenomenal. Um, I would say like, Mabel's is fantastic. Too. I haven't tried, you know what? That's probably the one. Mabel's I've heard yeah. is fantastic. I haven't had a chance to try it. Um, one place I did try because you were talking about uh, Popeyes. I've had Popeyes and it's it's good, you know. But I've had Canes because that's a new one around here, and you know mm-hmm. Chick Fil A, um, Bojangles, which is down in the oh. south. Bojangles is freaking delicious. Mm, I love my, Bojangles. My, my kid, we had it on our way back from. Either back from or on the way to Naples a couple of years ago. We drove down and uh my kids are still like, We should go we should go to Bojangles. I'm like, the closest one is like in North Carolina. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm not about to drive that far for it, mm-hmm. but um it's definitely yeah, it was really good. Um but yeah, Mabel's I've heard fantastic things about. Um one of these days I'll get down there and try it. 
I, I will say this. I'm glad you brought up Bojangles. I actually had that when I was in when I was in high school. I would help out with the baseball team, and so for me. We went down in my first year helping out the team. We took a trip down to South Carolina as a mm-hmm. team. And so what you had to do was because they, they it was for a whole entire tournament and everything like that. So there were a couple of teams that were all staying in like this motel area and you could take like a 30 minute walk and you could get to like this whole entire shopping center. Mm-hmm. And there was a Bojangles that was in there. Tried Bojangles. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, what was it? Oh, Bojangles, wink, wink. They need to get one in Cleveland. Come up to Definitely. Cleveland. Come on now. My eye hurts really bad right now. I can't even wink, I can't even wink right, right now. So. Oh, God. Um, for me, uh, the one spot I just recently had that I had talked about not having and everybody talks about all the time, Barrio. And oh, yeah. the, hype, the hype is... The hype is real on Barrio. Oh, yeah. The oh, hype yeah. is definitely real. And and what I love about Barrio, especially being dairy-free now and having to figure all that out, like the their allergy elements, like they put that right on that Scantron sheet. Like they put what is good for vegetarians or mm-hmm. vegans, things like that, um, You know what may have dairy in it, what doesn't. So that was kind of good to... F- make a taco build my own taco that or you know little soft shell taco i guess you would call it <laughs> um to build that and still feel okay and not uh, <laughs> right, go through right. those issues i guess the what i when i was thinking about it the couple spots that i haven't tried that everybody talks about swenson's and like the you you guys just mentioned a b spot and mabel's like the michael simon mm-hmm. spots but especially Swenson's. There was one day I was with my buddy down in the Kent area, down in Kent Akron area, and I was supposed to, we were supposed to go to Swenson's, but they were closed that day, so we ended up having to go to Five Guys, and it's not a bad yeah you know replacement there to go to Five Guys. Which, by the way, real quick, not to, yeah. not to derail you there, but did you know that with the Five Guys you can get a uh, milkshake, but you can get bacon bits. Yes. Inside of the milkshake. Yeah. Like, I haven't tried that yet, but I want to so bad. I was <laughs> when I was not dairy free, I, I didn't try it, but I was told that I like I was told after I got my shake that you could do that. And I was like, crap, like I would, I would try I really, that. Like I really would have loved to know that. I, yeah. I, I love bacon. Like I, I, you, I should, le- you should lead with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lead with that next time. If, you know, if you're bringing me to the place for the first time, lead with my options. Don't tell me, oh, you know, next time you should try. Especially, with the bacon. especially when it's bacon. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. You gotta right. lead, lead. You gotta with lead bacon. with that. Yeah. Lead with bacon. If anything has bacon or an opportunity for bacon, lead with bacon. Look, Please, I expect there to be you. chocolate. I expect there to be chocolate that you can yes. put in there. But look, if somebody's offering bacon, you you tell me that immediately. Yes. Right. I expect chocolate. I don't expect bacon. Yes. Now I'm just now I'm hungry. I'm gonna yeah. go get some food after You're this welcome. podcast. Thanks. <laughs> All right, but that is going to gonna end it there because I'm the the hunger is building and I can't t- <laughs> talk anymore because I'm not gonna be able to think. My mind is fried. <laughs> at this point but really enjoyed this conversation really enjoyed being able to kind of go back and share those memories of, that we're always going to have in those iconic moments for our sports history and that was fun today and kind of kind of going through some of that stuff again we want to thank mac robinson for filling in for paulus here today of course go find him at mac robinson 95 can't plug that enough and find the hurry up podcast and all your major podcast platforms as well thank you for all the production work for our man our producer extraordinaire Pierre tell it today of course i am your host kevin arnold and to paulus out there to our brother 
hope to have you back next week. Prayers out to you. We'll all anything you need, let us know and reach out to Paulus at CLE underscore Paulus. If you've dealt with diabetes before or have any uh, just well wishes to send to him, please do so. But for Mac Robinson, for Peter Tellup, I am Kevin Arnold telling all of you sports fans out there, as I always do, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And as the Marvel fans that we are and still in this world where there are things that need to be corrected and things to be fixed and with the virus still going on and impacting people, we truly mean we love you all 3,000. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next week.